but we're going back back a few years, even before. But right, right to the back, but uh, right back to the Garden of Eden, and in the beginning, when God made man and woman, He made them perfect, good and sinless, and He wanted them to be His friends. God did, didn't make Adam and Eve robots, did He? He didn't make them as robots. He gave them a free will, and we have a free will. Thankfully, you've made the choice in your free will today to come along to church. Unfortunately, you've got, got to listen to me for a, for a few minutes. Oh, I've, got, I've got at least half an hour, I think. Oh, I, <laughs> I promise I won't go on that long. So God didn't make them as robots. He gave them a free will to choose between right and wrong, between good and bad, didn't he? He didn't want to force Adam and Eve to love him. He wanted them to freely love him. But, you know, that's one of my favorite words, and this is a very sad but, isn't it? A very sad but. They chose, as we find that we choose often, to disobey God, they chose wrong. They preferred to please themselves rather than to obey and please God. They sinned. And so sin entered into the world. Evil, we've only got to turn that well, but looking at the situation in the world today, in Russia and Ukraine and we see the real evidence of man's sin, don't we? Men, well, men, not only men, women, the sin in the world. Evil, we see the wrongdoing and sin are there in the life of everyone in the world. But we don't have to look to Ukraine and over to Russia. We only have to look at our own selves and look at our own hearts. So we see all the hatred and violence, greed and selfishness in the world. But when we look at our own lives, if we are truly honest with ourselves, and we need to be, don't we? We need to be honest with ourselves. It's part of our human nature. I sin, ask my wife, when I come short of God's glory and God's standard, when I come short of God's standard, Romans 3 verse 23, all, I'm included, you're included, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if the pass mark for an exam is 50, if I get, or you get, 49 marks, you've failed. If someone else gets only five marks, they have failed. It's no good you or I say, we've got 49. Oh, so close to passing, so close. But it's no better. We've, we've still failed the exam. The pass mark was 50, and we've only got 49. Both have failed. The ones who've got 49 
and the one, also the ones who've only got five. But you, well, I, we, we think, don't we? We can think, well, I'm not too bad. Better than most. Yeah, we, we, we do our best. But that's not the point. For not one of us have come anywhere near God's perfect standard when we look to Jesus Christ and how he lived. We may not have done anything terribly wicked, but we are sinners because we are just not good enough. I sin and you sin when we want to do what we want to do rather than doing what God wants to do, wants us to do, and pleasing Him. I sin when I can't be bothered with God or with loving other people sometimes. But Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. Find it in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 38. But none of us have loved God like this. We have all broken the great commandment. We haven't put God totally first in our lives. We haven't loved God with all our heart, with all our soul and with all our mind. We have broken the great commandment. Honestly, we are self-centered, aren't we? Rather than God-centered. That's human nature to look after number one. And in my case, I am number one. What does sin do? Well, as we've seen in Ukraine and sadly, the people there are really suffering. And it's sin spoils, doesn't it? It's spoiling the country of Ukraine at the moment, isn't it? With war. Real, it's, it's really spoils relationships, doesn't it? Spoils families. Spoils a whole country. Being selfish lazy, telling lies. It ruins your character, doesn't it? Sin destroys the happiness of a home or a friendship. Sin spreads. It's like weeds in a garden. If, it's not, if they're not rooted out, they will soon run and spread all over it, won't they? Little acts of dishonesty disobedience, things, oh, it won't matter if I do that. Become bad habits, don't they, that we find difficult to break. I'm just saying how, how, how life is. This, is. this is the bad news, really, isn't it? Sin separates. So it spoils, it spreads, and it separates us. It's like a thick black cloud which blots out the sun. It's not 
Thankfully, there's not too many of them today, and the sun is shining through. God is pure and holy. He hates sin. And sin blocks the way to God. Sin cuts, cuts us off from God in this life. And in the life to come, sin does. If sin results in us being cut off from God, then is there no hope? Is that, that's it then? Okay, I'll go and sit. That's all the bad news. But thankfully, I can stay up here and tell you the good news. God's character is like a coin with two sides. Justice and love. He, he's just to rightly condemn us for our sin. For sin must be punished. But his love forgives. His mercy, his amazing grace, justice and love. The two sides of the same coin. So his love longs as, as, as it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They were friends with God. The relationship was good. But sin came into the world and spoiled it, didn't it? But he wants his love, wants us like Adam and Eve. He wants us to be his friends again. And on the cross, his justice and his love were perfectly satisfied. As we've recently, I was, whoever chose the songs, brilliant, brilliant songs this morning, I, I, was, I was getting emotional even before I came up to, to speak to you. The real truth in the words that we we were singing about the cross. On the cross, his justice and love were perfectly satisfied. Sin had to be punished. So God, in his love, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. It's us that deserve the punishment. But Jesus took it in our place. Bearing the death penalty, our sins deserve. The wages of sin, the Bible tells us, is death. And when sin came out into the world, Adam and Eve started to die, didn't they? They started to die. And every one of us will die because of, of sin. The wages doesn't pay very well, does it, sin? It's death. That is why Jesus cried from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The punishment for our sin was taken by Jesus. The good news now was taken by Jesus. Jesus suffered the agony of being cut off from his Father for us. 
What else did he say from the cross? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He said from the cross, as he was hanging there in agony, he said, Father, forgive them. The debt of sin is paid. And Carol did a lovely leaflet to give out to the members at the Manor House Pantry, saying the price is paid. And we did one free week, didn't we, recently for the members. And I was able to say when they came, because I'm the one who collects, collects the money on, on, on a Monday, I was able to say to them, the price is today, the price is paid for you. And then Gwen uh, handed the leaflet over and, said, and she said to them, this is why the price is paid today. Wow. His work of saving you from hell, remember that. Saving you from hell and eternal separation from God is finished. The work is done. His body was put in a tomb, which we sang about, didn't we? And a great stone rolled across the entrance. But, oh, fantastic but, he rose from the grave. He is alive. He won the victory over sin and death. What is your response to the Easter story? What does God require of you? What, what's your part? You've heard basically the, the gospel this morning. You've heard the bad news and you've heard the good news. What is your response to it? We have something to admit. We need to be deeply sorry for our sin and to turn from all we know to be wrong and turn to God. In the Bible, that's called repentance. And that's what, one of the first things that Jesus started to preach, wasn't it? In Nazareth. Repent, he said. We all have something to admit. As I said, we need to be honest with ourselves this morning. Something, we have something to believe that Jesus died on the cross bearing all the guilt and penalty for our sin. It needs to be personal. Also, we have something to consider. That Jesus never promised it would be easy to follow him. Expect opposition, maybe sneers, misunderstanding. But there's something for you to do. Put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. To be Lord over you, to be your saviour, to cleanse you of your sin to be your friend and to be your guide and be with you always. Put God first in your life. That's what we need to do. 
Put God first in your relationships, in your family, in your work, your time, and even your money. Put God first. I hope you all have a sense of your need to know Jesus. Every one of you, that you know that you have a need of Jesus, the one and the only Saviour. As a Christian, the good, more good news, you are a member of God's family as a Christian. You have in Jesus Christ an all-powerful, ever-present friend. You do. You have a real present friend <clears throat> always. Another question then, are you a Christian? Do you have a personal faith in Jesus? You may be thinking, well, Simon, what, what does that really mean? Some years ago, there was a man who became interested in climbing. A little story I found here, Personal Faith in Jesus. It's a book published by Blyswood Care, I was reading. Can I find peace, it's called. Have you found peace? Do you, do you know peace with God? So there was a man who became interested in climbing. I think, oh, there, there's a picture there of a, a climber. After a while, he was able to climb high mountains and able to tackle sheer rock faces. One time, however, he got into difficulties. On this occasion, he was descending a cliff. His ropes became entangled. He could neither go up nor down. A friend who was with him went for help. The man who led the rescue party secured a rope at the top of the same cliff and climbed down till he was beside the man who had got stuck. He clamped the man who needed help to the rescuer's own rope, the ropes of the man who needed to be rescued. He took out a knife and began to cut through the ropes of the man who needed to be rescued. At that point, the man being rescued screamed, No! His voice echoed all down the valley below. He could not bear to see these ropes, on which he had been depending till now, being cut. He felt that he still needed them to hold him up. But he had to allow his rescuer to cut these ropes for the rescue to go ahead. The Bible tells us that we have got our ropes entangled, that we need to be rescued. It describes Jesus coming down to where we are, coming alongside us. We may want to think about the good things we have done or about the church connection with our family, which our family used to have. But these are ropes that need to be cut so that we can hang with all our weight on the rope of God's salvation, which Jesus has brought to us. We will never know that the rope can hold us until we 
Lean on it with all our weight. Leaning on Jesus alone. Depending completely on what he has done on the cross for our salvation. That is what it means to have real faith in him. So what is the gospel in a nutshell? We're just going to have one reading this morning. Because Paul passed on the good news of the gospel in a very simple but in profound terms when writing to the church in Corinth. So I'm just going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 to 6. Okay. Now, brothers, and I'll add in sisters as well. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Have you? Have you taken your stand on this gospel? By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of them whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. So Paul calls our attention to four main aspects of the gospel there. Number one, Jesus died for our sins. Do you know that? Have you put your personal faith in knowing that Jesus has died for my, can you say, for my sin. Jesus was buried, secondly, Jesus was buried to prove that he had died. Thirdly, Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures. The Bible told us about it. And even Jesus said, didn't he? Jesus said this was going to happen. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures, to show that he is the Son of God who successfully defeated death, which we sang about the victory. We have the victory. And fourthly, Jesus appeared to many people. Was it 500 at one time, wasn't it? In that reading there. To prove that he is alive from the dead. So if the gospel is the good news, that's what I'm giving you this morning. I've given you all the bad news. But the gospel is the good news about our salvation that is, what was it, the first importance, Paul said, writing to the church at Corinth. This is first, imp number one. This should be your priority. 
If you've never considered this before in your life, I trust that you all have and have put your faith. But if you haven't, if you've never considered this in your own lives, that you would see this as very important, that you need to put your personal faith in Jesus. But if the gospel is the good news about our salvation, and it's so important, well, it's salvation from what? That's the question, another question to ask, isn't it? Salvation from what? As I've mentioned, we live in a broken world, and the evidence is all around us. We, we need to see that we are in a broken relationship with God. And that's the consequence of sin, which Jesus came to restore. We all need the gospel and the real certain hope that the gospel gives us. We all need it. There must be a response. Every time God's message is spoken, there is a response. And what is your response today? To respond, do we agree with God that we are in need of his help and that we cannot save ourselves? Have we come to that point in our lives? Have we recognized what Jesus Christ has done in our place and accept that gift that he offers by trusting in Jesus alone? Do we turn away from sin and turn towards God because of his help? It's summed, in, summed up in, in those biblical words, faith and repentance. Are those, has that happened in your life? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Have you repented of your sin and realized that you need Jesus. Through the grace of God in the gospel, wow, the grace, the mercy, the love of God. As I said, it's like a two-sided coin. Thank you that you are just God. Thank you that you love also we have our relationship with God restored. We receive the promise of eternal life and we become part of God's family. The gospel is the most powerful and most important message of hope in a broken world. And to respond to the good news gospel message of Jesus, if you've never prayed to, to God before, I trust that you would use this prayer thoughtfully and honestly. Lord God, you are my creator. I confess that in my thoughts, my words, 
and actions. I have not lived as you have asked me to live. Lord God, I'm, I'm really sorry for my sins. And I, I do my best to turn from everything I know that is wrong. And I realize I need to turn to you as my only hope. Thank you for your amazing love, your mercy and your grace that sent your Son into this troubled world to be my Saviour and Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for my sins. I know I don't deserve your gift of salvation that is given to me. It's only because of your love, your mercy and your amazing grace. I trust Jesus as my saviour to cleanse me from my sin. And I trust Jesus as my Lord. And for you to be number one priority in my life. I trust Jesus as my friend who will always be with me and to help me love you and to love others. Amen.